Hello everyone and welcome to the Information Entry Podcast, where we take subjects and try and create some order from the disorder. But more likely we'll create more disorder on the way. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Information Entropy Pod, Instagram, Information Entropy Pod, and on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you like, we are called Information Entropy. Uh, don't forget, if you're listening somewhere, then please give us a follow, a like, it helps us out a lot. Uh, my name is Mitchell. Uh, I'm joined today by Tom Jenks. How are you doing, Tom? Hello. And yeah, not too bad, thank you. Awesome. And this week, we are coming to our senses. Hey. I see, that was good. I thought that was good off the fly, off the cuff. Off the dome. Yeah, that's yeah. decent, that. Yeah. So today's uh, subject, topic of talk is a uh, human senses or animal senses depending on what, how far we go just general senses i, I have not looked at animal senses <laughs> no i haven't either but i've got i, I have oh, okay. some notes from a before a before time talking about how scary sharks are in their senses so i thought maybe i'll segue into that at some point but human oh, senses taste it, yeah uh is what we're going for this week yeah trying to stick away from the space stuff it, it ever draws us in Yes. Um, Especially as there's, we there's all new try news. to keep it a bit of variety. There is every new news. week. There's a new like even my even my science news this week is science related. Uh, science related. Of course, it's science related. Well, I hope so. Space related. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's okay. We can mm-hmm. sneak some stuff in. Definitely. <laughs> um, but also, don't forget if you're listening, pop on over to our socials and let us know if there's something you're interested in mm. that you don't have time to research. Let us do it for you. We will become your audio book. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What the subject? There is an exam you're, you're researching for. We'll be, oh, we'll, yeah. We will make you pass that exam. Doing some a Stanford prison experiment. Just let us know and we'll, uh, we'll rustle up something for you. Yeah, buddy. All right. Any news? What, what's your space news? Why don't, why don't we crack oh, off with that? Oh, my space news. Um, a uh, solitary celestial object has been wandering the galaxy at a few thousand light years of uh, words do you know do you know what this happens sorry to sidetrack already when i'm halfway through my the, the opening of my news but as soon as it gets slightly warm brain's gone like i can't brain talk is gone can formulate sentences like late at night brain gone <laughs> heat yeah. I no, made so much you. caffeine earlier today. I didn't like stagger it, so I'm completely on a down right now. Oh, Fear I had me. a Red Bull for the first time in a few years today. How did that go? Oh, that was vibrating so much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's weird because I thought like you're in Italy. There's a lot of like caffeine in the air, like the coffee. There is. You basically wake up and there's just a line of coffee on your table. Yeah. Um, no, well, I've moved to a hotel, so apologies mm. if the if the echo is there. But my other routine was wake up, have a coffee, come back. Because in Italy, you don't stay at work. You go home to cook yourself some pasta okay. and have a coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't really have time. I can't really do that in a hotel. I haven't got a kitchen to come back to. Right. So I was like, right, I'm going to buy a Red Bull and take it to work. And because I was falling asleep yesterday at mm-hmm. work. Um, heat again. Uh, so I was like, I'll take a Red Bull. That'll solve all my issues. Certainly did. But I was just a bit overactive. <laughs> nice see i had two proper coffees and a monster energy like one of the big ones oh it was a ultra fiesta mango and no sugar in it that sounds um, like a fiesta it, it you know what? it was a it was a fiesta in my mouth <laughs> 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 not sponsored 
Drink Monster? No. Yet. Um, <laughs> Not sponsored yet. Red Bull, uh, if you're listening. It, and it got me through the day, to be honest. I can't, I can't, I can't complain. They're quite tasty. Um, yeah, that's fair. Mess, they mess with your senses, though, a lot. Like, they do. Phew, trying to play Valorant after one of those. Like, I'm trying to track people, and it's just like... I'm not sure if my brain's seeing or my eyes are seeing, but I'm getting their heads, and I don't even know how. Yeah, I, I feel you. I... Uh... I don't remember when G Fuel first came out. I have got uh, a healthy alternative that I have at the moment. I absolutely loved the stuff. Yeah. You know, absolutely loved it. Um, and I would get back from uni, smash a G Fuel, <laughs> and then just like play COD for a few hours and absolutely <laughs> dominate. It, I don't know what was going on there, but it, it did help. Yeah. I think it's just a placebo. I think it's a little, bit, a little bit of more energy than a bigger placebo. Um, yeah, I was not the one that I called Sneak. Sneak is the UK one because G Fuel's America. You have to pay like import stuff on it. But um, you do, yeah. Sneak is a UK based one that's like not as bad. I put okay. as bad, but it's not as bad for the G Fuel. Okay, because yeah. G Fuel, the whole thing was it's quite uh, healthy. Yes, you know, it's all natural, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe I'll look into that. Yeah, if I make my way back to the UK at some Ended. point. Oh, I thought we meant maybe bring back to energy drinks. <laughs> Don't do it. No. Right. No, no. Bring anyway, bring back. yes. Science news. Back on Celestial track. objects wandering around a galaxy a few thousand light years from Earth. Um, and it might just be the first isolated stellar mass black hole to be detected in the Milky Way. Oh. Or it might be one of the heaviest neutron stars known. Well, either way, the, yeah, either you way, know, if pretty, you've got two cool. options, those aren't <laughs> two, two options, bad yeah. things. You know what I mean? And they're both cool options. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. going to help science. And you want a winner there. Um, so the first, this, this interstellar wanderer uh, was first revealed in 2011. So quite a while ago now. How many years is that? 11 years? Yeah, 11 years. Uh, you, you can tell me it's Yo, like I nearly 20. I just said eight. Yeah. See, I was like, it's I, 2019. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, God. Um, the power. So it yeah. was it was running around, and they got it was revealed by its gravity briefly magnified the light from a further star, which is further away. So people like astronaut astronomers were like analyzing the sky in the Hubble Hubble Space Telescope at the time, and as they were like scanning, they noticed that light from a distant star got brighter all of a sudden. And they're like, okay, well, there's only one thing that can cause that, and something with a lot of, well, something that's very dense and a lot of gravity that's that's there. So it has to be two of these things. Um, but there's two different train of thoughts currently. One uh, one group or one report that was written based on the scientific uh, reports that came out of that say that it could be a rogue black hole. Uh, the other one says that it could be a neutron star. But currently with the Space Telescope, they can't get enough like, accurate images to determine which is which. But with the new one, the new and improved Ooh. James Webb Telescope. Recently sustained some damage. Let's hope it's okay. As we uh, pray for safety. <laughs> um, they're hoping that it could like shine a light on the situation. <laughs> That's a good joke. Good, but it's a good, good, good joke. Yeah, I love um, it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the two. 
Do you think that's really on? cool? Yeah, that's really interesting. It is. Mine's a bit freaky. Okay, I'm ready. Let me sit down. Um, so you know how robots can be somewhat unnerving. Some oh. uncanny valley stuff going on there sometimes. Okay, I especially think I the is. ones that try and look like humans. Okay, yeah. Well, some researchers in Japan also thought this was the case. And they thought of a way to improve robotic communication, make them more likable, while at the same time making them water repellent and self-healing. So self-healing, did you, did you say? Self-healing. That's right? never a good idea. <laughs> Their answer to this was to create human living skin on the outside of a robot finger. Okay. And it looks wild. It it's it's odd. Have you seen a picture of this? I I, I haven't. Let me, let me get I'm it. Gonna uh, send send you a link link over, and I'll, I'll post this up on our socials as well on Friday. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit odd. Anyway, they did it successfully. So uh, there's this robotic finger with human skin living on the outside. Yeah. Um, so in order to make the skin, the team at Tokyo University placed the robotic finger in a special liquid containing a mixture similar to that which makes up our skin's tissues. This liquid then coats and sticks tightly to the finger, giving the robot a skin-like feel. It even allows the new skin to be flexible enough to move as the robotic finger curls and stretches. Scientists were surprised about how well this turned out. Um, and it, it actually feels quite realistic, but looks sweaty um so they're working on improving that so yeah that's a bit odd yeah that when the headline was professor uh shoji takushi uh said that felt very realistic he said the finger looked slightly sweaty yeah sweaty robot fingers is not something that i want in my life like what if you went to a hotel and there's just a sweaty robot well, th- that's the thing. That Completely Japan, covered. Yeah. Their, and that was their, their, their thing. Hotels, like, those, like lots of robots, isn't it? They they just, this whole automated hotels. Yeah. Where you go, reception, ist, robot, they take you to your room, and there's a little robot that takes you to your room. Like you order food and it comes to you on the robot. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> have, have you seen Altered Carbon? Oh, I love, that is that is a fantastic series. Fan, absolutely fantastic series. But the bartender, the hotel, the hotel. Yeah. person is no, a, hotel. AI. The whole hotel right. is, is the AI. Is the AI, right? Yeah. I'd rather just skip to that. Because <laughs> Yeah, well, then go through the creepy, sweaty fingers. They go through the creepy, sweaty <laughs> android who could possibly... Turn on us and self-heal. Um, yeah, I think like, I'd rather <laughs> skip the robot apocalypse. Just go straight to the holograms. Like the Elden Ring. <laughs> the two massive it is. fingers. It's a curled <laughs> finger. Yeah. Would you want to write with a curled finger? No, of course not. Sweaty well, and let's disgusting. Just hope, let's just hope no one draws uh, or writes a message on the ground and yeah. summons evil robots <laughs> to kill us. Yeah. That's fingers. funny. Sway fingers. I just remember um, making jokes that were quite of a, a large scientific <laughs> discovery in the creation, but yeah, sway fingers. Yeah, it's just it is a bit <laughs> creepy though. I think I would rather just skip straight to the whole hologram thing, like in Love, Death, and the Robots, newest season, also fantastic. Yes. 
Well, you, you say like the whole skip. There was uh, someone got fired from Google because they said that their chatbot was too realistic and they didn't know who they were talking to. Oh, is that is the it, guy who claimed it was sentient? Yeah, it's the whole yeah, controversy at the weekend. moment. Was, yeah. This weekend was some guy uh, claimed that it was just like it was getting too good and that it was sentient and then he apparently got hushed up and fired. So we don't know. Well, it's because he was like... Um, Probably broken NDA. So this, this is off the top of my head. But he went back in to interview it. He only asked it seven questions, nine questions, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as a priest... He thinks it's sentient. As a scientist, he hasn't been allowed... Like, the tests don't quite prove it. Okay. Most scientists... But he's still claiming that it is sentient. But most scientists are saying it's not. Like, you're asking it questions and it's taking things off Reddit, off every corner of the internet, you know, and is copying human responses to create a response, right? So it's going to seem sentient. Yeah. Um, but I think he asked it a question about turning it off and he was like, that would, and it said, that would be like death for me. I am scared of that, which is why he thought it was sentient. Um, but I'm sure there's material where it could have pulled that from. Probably like a movie you know quote I mean? or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because that does sound uh, so, very familiar to a movie quote. Uh, so the general consensus from most scientists and uh, people who think about sentience 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 uh agree that it's not quite there yet uh yeah they would so, say yeah, that there, we'll though, wouldn't they let's be honest Tom, they would. that's what someone hush, that hush. knew something would say well the welcome bastards. to the conspiracy theory podcast where we discuss <laughs> <laughs> it's been a ruse the whole time we baited you in with four episodes yeah five birds aren't real they are robots planted by the government and the world only existed from last Thursday. Yep. And the queen and the royal family are a bunch of lizards. No, that, that's the one we had to keep secret, mate. Come on now. Oh, sorry. I mean, we just, signed an NDA uh, for that yeah. one. Yeah, that's what I've got on my notes. Is do not say this. Oh, <laughs> nightmare. Um, I've got, got another quick piece of news. Okay. Um, Go for it. Which is groundbreaking and absolutely fantastic. Is it that and a I'm spade? Sure spade? That's a pun swing and a miss. Ah, uh, oh uh, yeah. See, uh, my brain is slow today. Yeah, yeah. Right, because it's groundbreaking. Um, you see, yeah, 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 that, yeah. You know when you, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so a new study was published last week in the New England Journal of Medicine, looking at the effects of a new drug called dostalimab. Dostalimab. Rolls Something like that. Really rolls Roll, off the tongue. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, biologists, for making things easy to pronounce. Um, and how this drug affects rectal cancer. And it's usually used for another type of cancer, which is endometrial. But they decided to trial it on uh, this type as well. And 14 patients took part in the trial. And they took scans which showed knotted tumours um, in their rectums. But at the end of the trial, uh, two of them haven't finished the trial yet. But the 12 that have, every single patient have had the tumours completely disappear. Oh, yeah. No, I, I did see that. This, I saved this as like, this is what we should chat about because it's yes. absolutely incredible. Um, which, yeah, it is absolutely mental. This has never happened before in a cancer trial. Mm. And even one of the researchers says they think it's the first time this has ever happened. And it's 
uh, it does come with some caveats, is of course it does. All the patients trialed here exhibited tumors with mutations called mismatch repair deficiency, which only occurs in about five to ten percent of rectal cancer patients, which are normally though a lot less resp- responsive to therapy. However, it does the mutations do make it easier for the cancer cells to be attacked by the immune system if they're bolstered by an immunotherapy agent such as uh, dostalimab. So, yeah, pretty wild. I mean, it gives us a place to start. Like, if we know mm. this is a hundred percent effective, and of course it it won't be. Nothing ever is. But if it has a really high success rate, it's a very good place to start, and maybe manufacture something else from there. Yeah. So yeah, good good news. Good news. Yeah, it's, it's a good place to start. And obviously as they expand, they'll probably get some that make it not 100% because nothing is 100%. Um, yeah, for sure. Because it can't be. There's got to be some variants, like mutations, some person, unfortunately, it won't work for. But They could have just got unfortunately uh, really lucky with the 14 yeah. that they picked. That's why you don't trust anything with a sample size below 100 yeah, but in this sense, like it's very hard to get a sample size <laughs> quite high, and especially in some other. Oh, I like, don't mean especially like in my field in like, one go. I oh, mean, okay, like, I see. Yeah, like you can't fully trust the results until there's like check market. You can, you probably can, but for me, I'm not like invested into your accuracy unless like there's substantial. I think it also depends on your question, right? Is their question like this is 100% effective or is their question this can be effective in some people? Even if you get one, then you can trust the result mm-hmm. or how they framed the, the answer. Yeah. So I think it depends on their framing and the, the, the results they're after on how big of a sample size you trust. Is it possible? Then one is enough. Uh, is it a generalization? Then yeah, 100 to 1,000 is yeah. maybe more what you're after. There's a lot of like sensationalism, especially in news articles that you have to watch out for. Like yes. one in, uh, I'm trying to think of some random thing. One in 10 guys slip up on, on a banana or like one in two guys slip up on a banana. And it's like sample size of 100 is like, well, not like say every guy will slip up on a banana. It's just like, well, no, because your sample size is 100. You can't, you can't say that for every single one. Not yeah, exactly. You've also got to look at who funded the report. Yeah. Uh, it's a big one. Yeah. And, you know, always like you look at the site numbers. <laughs> look how many times it was cited. That normally is a good indicator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Unless it's like a niche, like some sort of marine biology paper, then don't worry about it. Lol. Bloody marine <laughs> biologists. I think they rule the world, don't they? Oh, dear. Right, back to senses. Do you have any factoids? I do. Oh, nice. Got some nuggets of knowledge for us to feast on today. Okay. Um, So talk about nuggets. Taste. Taste. So we actually taste in our brain. Even though it feels like we taste from our mouth, um, we don't. That's a weird and possibly metaphysical argument because that you could technically say you don't feel pain on your hands you feel it in your brain if you see where i'm going with that yeah i see where you're going from that. okay okay <laughs> um another thing about taste then 
Mm-hmm. Is you know how people get the silverware out when they have fancy guests over oh, for like dinner? Yeah, you're going to tell me it, it changes the taste of food. It does. Oh, does it taste better? <laughs> it tastes worse. Oh no! Silver, silver is one of the worst things we can eat off. Yeah, because it I makes swear, everything taste bland. I swear, like I've licked not in like a weird way, but, but having <laughs> used, used silverware liquor. before, like you can taste. It's like um, copper. Copper has yes. a flavour, and I swear yeah, silver yeah. has the, like the same metallic esque flavour. So we can't actually taste metal. Is a weird thing. Okay, but the metal the- will interact with the food, right? Okay, and it makes it taste more bland. Silver does. What does it do? One of the best things. Oh, I don't know the actual science behind it. Sorry, I heard this on the Infinite Monkey Cage podcast. Really interesting podcast um, about food and eating and things like that. Um. One of the best things you can eat off is stainless steel, which is what most of our cutlery is made of anyway. But the best thing is gold. Oh, it makes it why? taste better. Okay, but why? Uh, do Does what? it make you Next feel week, better as back. well? Is it purely psychological? Maybe. You're like, like, oh, look, I'm so rich, I can afford a gold <laughs> spoon. Yeah. <laughs> I can waste money on a 24-carat yeah. gold spoon, and it tastes bloody amazing. <laughs> I would, if I had... <laughs> it's a, it's a, so this is a fact so Lord Sugar who is a businessman from the UK he got very Sir Alan uh, Sugar yeah not last Lord Sir Alan um, see I was going to say probably, he's basically like our Trump because nah, he did he, he's not he's the, not uh, uh, what, what's the show called The, the Apprentice The Apprentice yeah but he, he actually like works with them so it's not a complete yeah like, he's, he's actually a businessman he not always takes uh, cutlery with him to restaurants when he's eating out and has at home and he has a set of slightly smaller cutlery that forces him to eat slower and smaller amounts. I need that. Yeah. You don't look like an absolute... <laughs> I don't know what you would look like if you just turn up to cutlery and I'm like, oh, here's, here's your cutlery. So don't worry, I've got my own. And he, <laughs> you bring out some diddy looking cutlery. They'd be like, <laughs> right, either he's trying to make himself feel big. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I need. To, yeah, I, I need some of that. I need, I need to eat slower. I Same. Waffle this things is, down. This, so, um, to reference the TikTok that I watched uh, out on holiday, there is a technique that. So what? I, so this is this is like bad habits of eating eating quickly. Is you'll like tee up your next mouthful whilst you're chewing. Yeah. So like you have you have the fork and you'll be there like a fork and knife and like shuffling things together. To, to tee up. What you're supposed to do is a really good technique is once you've put the food in your mouth, you have to put everything down. So you're not allowed to touch anything with your hands until you've swallowed your mouthful. And that like paces you appropriately to your next mouthful. Okay. Um, and I tried it and it, it worked really well. I was eating a burrito and I was like, oh, let's try this out. And I didn't scoff it in like two minutes. And I was just like, oh, I, probably, <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot more. Oh, dear. Okay, I'll have to give it a go then. Yeah. All right. Any more factoids? Or I'll move on to mine. I've got factoids. Yeah, you go for it. I've got a couple, but I'll, I'll let you jump in with a few. Uh, okay, first one. Newborn babies see everything upside down until their brain learns to process everything the right side up. Or is it us yeah, adults weird, isn't it? that see everything upside down? Like, it's weird yeah, to think the whole, world is actually, <laughs> the whole world is actually upside down <laughs> to us and we perceive yeah. it the other way around. 
So the way light comes into our eye, it like flips the image upside down, right? Yeah. And then our so brain that's way and then our brain flips it back again. Yeah. So it's not the whole world is back to front and upside down. It's uh the way that light bent refracts in our eyes. Um yeah. causes us to see it upside so, down. So I'm wondering why it even bothers to do it, right? Because it's, it's probably to do with it, does it orbs. just make sense that the sky is up? And gravity fall things fall down. It's probably to do with the way that our optical system is based in it's a it's an orb and it's designed as an orb because that's the safest thing to put into our heads to view from. If that makes sense, yeah, like for sure, uh, evolutionary. And then, but orbs you can't put things straight in because that's not how they work, especially when it comes to refraction like glass and stuff. So it couldn't not invert it so our brain had to do the flip yeah but i'm just saying why does our brain even bother to flip why not just leave it upside down because it probably i i guess because you it's like you can learn to ride a bike that steers backwards can't you but it's probably yeah easier for us to see things the right way yeah that's true mm. it, it makes it makes things make more sense yeah. probably uh second factoid every person smells things differently uh, and this is because there are over 900,000 genetic variations of your olfactory receptors which are the things in your nose uh, so the lemon cake that you could smell and that you really enjoy and you've loved forever and it smells really good you want to share it with your friend your friend would be like actually this smells like ass. what are you chatting about <laughs> um <laughs> Because yeah, it's true. There's, there's just like so. What's it nine nine hundred thousand to the squared? Don't know. No, it's not not a squared. Yeah, no squared because it's times by itself. No, it's not nine hundred thousand five of nine hundred thousand, isn't it? I don't know because it's all the variations that you can have. Yeah, right. loads, 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 loads. And women smell better than men. As in, they are able, they have the capacity to smell with greater accuracy, or they just smell better, as in, like, they bear better, like, cologne. <laughs> like, they are better smell smellers. They are be- okay, they are better smellers. Okay. Generally, yeah. yeah. Why is that? Normally they can, uh, I don't know, this was a fact, so I didn't go too deep into it. Okay. <laughs> um, apologies for that. But yeah, no, it's just women are better at discerning smells, definitely. Discerning, Whether okay. they can smell from further away, but they can definitely <laughs> smell things that... I can smell that, a cheesecake at 200 metres. <laughs> <laughs> but you know yeah, so like if there's some more particular odours, they can probably pick them apart better than uh, men can. Ah, okay. It's probably I like... think it's just to do with the different receptors that they have. Mm. Maybe they have a more even spread, or maybe their brains are just wired to pick out different smells better i don't know which is weird because they can also see better because they've got more rods and cones so they can see more colors and better in the dark they're just uh, superior mate obviously yeah uh, obviously it's an ongoing yeah. uh quite a funny thing at the moment because grace can see better in the dark as me because she's a woman i've also got uh something that impairs my vision in the dark so I see a lot of static when I'm trying to close my eyes. So I, right. I can't see where around. she can't see. Around. So she's like, she's just wandering around in our bedroom at night. I'm like, how can you see where you're going? She's like, it's, it's all the dark. <laughs> so yeah, it means I, I don't need like blackout blinds. Night vision goggles. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like going dark. I could just imagine you sat in bed, <laughs> Grace walking around, and then you just sat there with night vision goggles on, like <laughs> you that. see where you're going. Or I'm not in bed. I'm just sat in our chair on the other side of the room. And she walks into a dark room, and I'm just there, like going dark. Green lights at the other side of the, the room. Oh, that's funny. Call me Sam Fisher. Because <laughs> going dark. Oh god, that's the split. Oh, Modern Warfare Two is getting uh, released again. Modern Warfare Two Two, because there was Modern Warfare Two, then Modern Warfare, and then there's Modern Warfare the second. Yeah, that one. I mean, I can't wait. I really enjoyed the last one. The campaign for the last one was absolutely phenomenal. It wasn't it just a remake? No, it's it's. Oh, it's I just presumed it was a remake. So, so I never bothered with it. Modern Warfare. Which was had the, um, the the night vision level where you go into a townhouse and uh, yeah. take down some terrorists. That's Modern Warfare. That was like the last one they released, which was actually half decent. Uh, and this is the second. Like that's COD Four, right? No, this is Modern Warfare. <laughs> right. Okay. They rebranded it and called it Modern Warfare. Okay. New series. Okay. Uh, Captain Price is in it. Um, right. But yeah. And he's got like much okay. and it's pretty sick. Uh, but it was like, I think it was a prequel to Modern Warfare the game because they talk about uh, Price and is it Ridley, Riley? Uh, right. And Ghost at the end of the credits. But it's, ah. so it, but yeah, I can't wait because they did an absolutely phenomenal job with the campaign. And the online is the, the first Call of Duty that I thought that the online was actually really decent. And then they okay. ruined it with well, Warzone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for that then. We'll mm-hmm. wait. All right. Uh, bring it back. Bring it back. Any, any more facts? No, but I was going to ask you a question. Oh, yeah. How many uh, senses do humans have? I think it depends who you ask. Yeah. If you would ask but, the... uh, I'm going to go between 14 and 19. 14 and 19. So... Man on the street, it's like person on the street. I don't want a default male. It's an awful thing to do. But a human on the street uh, would say maybe five. What are the... Yeah, there, the, there are the, the traditional five. five. What are the traditional five? Uh, we're going to go with taste, yeah. touch, yeah. sight, smell, yeah. hearing. Yeah, those are the, those are the traditional five. Um, yeah. There's, there's definitely more than five because we can sense... Oh, 100%. We know there's more than five. But I think... That's the classification for how many organs we have for sensing, specifically for sensing in some kind of way. The other senses are like the expanded. So things like like, peripheral senses. Yeah, like light, colour, that could potentially uh, a sense. Okay. You've then got, obviously with taste, you've then got the the breakdown of sweet, salty, sour, bitter, unami, which... Unami. Unami is kind of, kind of a radical one that I'm not sure if you would really break down because a lot of people wouldn't know what Unami tastes like. It would just be like, oh, this is rich. It's like, okay, well, that's a part of the Unami. Um, but people would know sweet from salty, sour from bitter, quite quite obviously. Then you've got things like um, different types of pain. Yeah. Like somatic, visceral, that kind of stuff. And then there's, you've got things like uh, nanoreceptors. <laughs> which 
Which I've said yeah. wrong because they're not mechanoreceptors. They're mechanoreceptors. Reception. Mechanoreceptors. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, that's the thing. Which is things like balance. That is definitely a sense that we have. It's like the blood oh, in our ears. Um, acceleration like, is another thing that a lot of people knowing don't. Knowing where your hand and arm is without looking. Yes. Like you close your eyes, that you is. know where your arm is in the 3D space, right? What's and the that's useful that? to know. It's called, say it, pro horoception. That is your proprioception. Yeah, your joint positioning. It's not specifically knowing where your hand is, it's just knowing which where your joints are facing. Um, okay. And then you've got, yeah, uh rotational acceleration, linear acceleration. Like if if you're sat in a car and you close your eyes and you're in the, the passenger seat and the person accelerates, you know about it. Oh yeah. You, like you're gonna know about it. Maybe not in my car, because I drive a diesel and it accelerates like throwing a brake down a road. Um not very quick. Get your arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get your arm. Uh, then you've got like intro receptors, which I don't agree with some of these. Like blood pressure. Like there's sometimes there's, there's it times is a sense, there's, right? There's times I think there can, are some yeah. unconscious senses. Yeah, subconscious senses. Like mm. your body does detect your blood pressure. Yes, but are we conscious of it? Not unless we stand up really quickly and start seeing stars. Yeah. Or, you know. Get really angry and your, your blood boils. But that like, is that actual your blood pressure going up? I don't You have blood does, pressure but... and then your body releases hormones to counteract it, mm-hmm. right? Something is happening. There has been a measurement and a response, but it's just not conscious. Yeah. Then there's the plasma osmotic pressure. It's how thirsty you are. All the time, super thirsty. Yep, and then there's the artery vein blood glucose difference. How hungry you are, because that's what triggers hunger. Again, all the time. Yep, and then there's... Oh, am I boring you, mate? Hey, you're one over there. <laughs> no, sorry, mate. Not at all. It's the Red Bull's wearing off. Oh, I no. Tell you. <laughs> You've then got no, things we Gucci, like... we Gucci, we uh, Gucci. Lung inflation, bladder stretch, and a full stomach. Some of us, it's all important things to sense. Yeah. So in this rad, it's called a rad, radical list. There's a uh, conservative accepted radical. Conservative, there are 10. Uh, the accepted, 21. And the radical, there's 33 in total. And things like full stomach and bladder stretch, um, arterial blood pressure, that is, those are things that are seen as like radical. Like, may, yeah, maybe we could, but we're not going to be like conscious of them okay yeah they're not important enough to fight over yeah kind of like you could but okay like they're doing dice so i think after rattling through the different senses that we may have it may be a good time to define it 35 minutes into the show so what what do all of these things have in common and again it depends who you ask but uh, I went for the biological and medical definition for this. Okay. I just got which, like sensory receptors written down. <laughs> which, yeah, it, it's basically <laughs> just the faculty of sensory reception. The ability to convey specific types of external or internal stimuli to the brain and perceive them. Sensory reception occurs through a process known as transduction, in which stimuli are converted into nerve impulses Mm -hmm. and relayed to the brain. So a key piece here then would be the words to 
perceive them, which you can make the argument, you can perceive things unconsciously. Like, again, your body does know your blood pressure, even if you don't consciously know it. Yeah. So quite interestingly, uh, an auntie of mine, she, I don't know what it's called, but do you know the the jumps? Because the synapse jumps, you don't have a cable that goes all the way from whatever sensor to your brain. It like hops, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, and it's kind of like... One, one, one of it's a fist and there was an open hand and it kind of like goes round. So you're talking about the synapse being the neurons in your brain or in your central nervous system. Central nervous system for this Where one. they connect. So just to make it clear for, for anyone listening who didn't understand. Yes. That you one, great one cell to the next cell. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. She's got a condition that I'm not sure what causes it, but it's either... The, the skin or the space between the, the jump is either it, it's harder for it to jump through or it takes longer. So there's a delayed reaction with uh, her senses. Okay. So essentially you could kick her in the leg, run away, and then she'd feel it about five minutes later. No, it wouldn't be that bad. But it'd be enough where if she would go to pick up a pat, like a hot pan... She wouldn't have the yeah. instant let go that like a uh, just a typical person oh. would. There's there'd be enough of a delay that would cause her injury for her to then let go. Um, right. I think it's like a genetic thing as well. So there's that. I think that's quite interesting. There's also talking about very those, interesting. That, that jump. Um, it always makes me think of uh, snake venom and what how that interacts and how paralysis yeah. works. Because the venom, yeah. can't remember what the specific chemical does, but essentially just blocks that jump. And that's how yeah. you become paralyzed, is that you're, the electrons can't jump between the two receptors. Pretty much. It's also how painkillers work. Ah, does it just like... So on the end of your pain receptors, you've mm. got this, what Mitch is referring to as a jump. You've got two cells essentially touching, but there's a small gap where information is passed over. Yeah. And I think it is potassium that goes from one to the other and continues the electrical impulse down the down the cell. Mm-hmm. Um basically pain receptors and this uh, venom from the snake they target different things of course, but the the snake one, let's do that because it's more scary. It'll come onto your central nervous system and block the end of each of the like sensory cells or the neurons mm-hmm. so that they can't receive new information and because they're not receiving anything they don't do anything so your brain is sending a signal to your leg to move but your leg is never receiving that signal so yeah it paralyzes you yeah crazy wild absolutely wild, wild. Do you know what's even milder that I, I I knew but I always forget that what? your brain doesn't contain contain pain nerves at all. So if you get a headache, it's not because your brain hurts because you've got no pain nerves in there. It's coming from either your skull, your internal structure. You haven't drank enough. The scalp. You've been laying in, in a, a weird position and it's broken your neck. What if I tick at least four of those boxes? Oh, currently. <laughs> Dehydrated, standing on your head. Dehydrated, Which, definitely. I mean, the first time I found out about this, 
you've watched Heroes, the the series. That the oh, so yeah. good, uh, so good. Season the, one, the, at least. The bit where Skyler's the bad guy, isn't he? Skyler, Skyler, not Skyler. Uh, he captures the cheerleader, then cuts the head open, and then just like yeah. wriggling around in her brain, and she's like, "I can't feel it." It's like, "No, you wouldn't," because there's no, there's no pain, <laughs> there's no pain through. But that's what essentially he did. He like upgraded her to not feel pain. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, bit of a weird. Just chatting about it, it seems really weird, but it's actually really good. Till they just decided to bin it, it was actually really good. Yeah, then they came back for a weird season four. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, uh, sleeping dogs and all that jazz. <laughs> oh, didn't they, didn't they come back for like a season five, like even later? Yeah, and, it and just everyone wasn't... was a bit older. Like, I remember Micah being quite old by that point. Yeah, it just wasn't, well, I say old, wasn't late good. teenager. Wasn't good. Yeah, wasn't good. Shouldn't have done it. Should have, should have let it be. Let it be. Yeah, let it be. All right. So I was thinking we could look at a couple of the senses. Um, at least that's what I've got written down here. What, what have you got to go on to? Um, I've got some new news. So some new stuff, some new research that's come out. Some two two new okay. research bits, and also some 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 stuff on synthesia. Ah, yes. I thought you may go for that, so I didn't. Okay. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, cool. Why don't you go for this this new news? I'll cover a couple of the senses. Let me come to your synesthesia. I say new news. New in the terms of like psych- psychology science. Yeah. New things in psychology don't come around that often. Well, they do, but not like major things. Um, so this, this I found quite interesting because it's to do with the brain and its ability to predict or anticipate the future when listening to music. Okay. So we kind of live our lives in real time. We watch our events unfold moment by moment to make better sense of the world. However, our brain automatically predicts some events, some biases. And you catch last week's episode if you want to listen to the, how bias works and how it means your brain doesn't fry. Um, <laughs> but we automatically like predict things to that will unfold moments in the future. Like if you're walking down the street and you see someone riding by, you're kind of predicting they're going to the moment the movement they're going to go in you see someone walking towards you and you know that they predict they're going to walk a certain way and it helps you kind of like get through life this is why i'm so bad at valorant yeah you're not predicting other people <laughs> um but some new research explores how the brain can predict and the capabilities of how we can do it by examining how we experience music so if you're listening to bach or some, some I don't know, I was gonna say some <laughs> try and make some pop person up, but I don't listen to pop, so I, I don't know. If you're listening to Harry Styles, I don't know. He seems he seems talked about a lot at the moment on Spotify. Harry Styles. I'm Harry Styles. <laughs> That's such a stupid reference. That's such a niche, stupid reference. If anyone ever gets that, hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> Harry Styles. Um the brain does not wait passively for the song to unfold. Instead, when a musical phrase has sort of is unresolved or an uncertainty quality about it, our brains automatically predict how the melody is going to end. So listening to music, your brain is already like, oh, it's going to end like this, Um, which seems absolutely mental. Uh, But past ideas on how the human brain process music suggests that the, the musical phrases are perceived by looking backwards rather than forwards. 
a new research published uh, in the journal Psychological Science suggests that the human brain considers what has come before to then anticipate what comes next. So they were halfway there. They kind of stopped at being like, oh, you look back in your memories to kind of predict what's going forward, but they actually, it goes both ways. So it goes back to then go forwards. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like an update to the hypothesis. Yeah. So the brain is constantly one step ahead and matches expectations to what is about to happen, which imagine, I know it's subconscious, but imagine if you're doing that, like you had some sort of consciousness about it and the song didn't go the same way. Like imagine how jarring that would be if your brain is expecting like a rhythm and then it just goes, takes the left hand. But I wonder if that's built up of like years of experience, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you, yeah, you would have that jarring thing, but if you listen to that a lot of times, then maybe normal music could become, I say normal, yeah, non-jarring music could become the jarring one. So is it habituation? Um, or is it because music is like melodifical? Cool. Me- melodic? <laughs> melodic. Melodic. Jesus. Yeah. Melodical music is kind of inherently natural. Oh, possibly. I mean? Yeah. So it's intrinsic to us as humans. So yeah. the, the study it involved 38 participants who were made to listen to uh, melodies by Bach, note by note. Uh, the, the participants could pause and restart the music by pressing. Uh, some space on a computer then they were then told they would be tested afterwards on how well they remember the melodies this allowed the researchers to use the time participants dwelled on each tone as an indirect measure of their understanding of musical phrasing so like if they were trying to remember it with greater accuracy like the space of time they paused it um okay and then the participants were told uh and then in the second experiment 31 different participants listened to the same musical phrases and then assessed how complete they sounded. The participants judged melodies that ended on high entropy tones to be more complete uh, and lingered on them longer. Oh. Yeah. So they were able to show that people have a tendency to experience high entropy tones as a musical phrase ending. So that's when they think like one musical phrase finishes. It's weird. Weird. So this basic research yeah. that makes us more aware of how the human brain acquires new knowledge, not just from music, but when it comes to language, uh, movements, and other things that take place over time. Related to uh, the uh, IEP, the Information Entry Podcast, high entropy <laughs> at the end, apparently is more satisfying. So um, I think we are uh, we're not doing it right. Well, we've obviously nailed it then. <laughs> yeah. Absolute mess. Uh, at absolute, the end. Yeah, absolute mess. Yes, yeah, so that was that was the, 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 the bit of research oh. I found. Wait, no, high entropy is highly ordered, isn't it? So it's the opposite. Yeah. Yes. So all that makes sense. If you think about classical music, it often ends that you got a bit of a crescendo yeah. effect, and oh. then it ends very nicely, full high. notes. Right. High entropy is where things are chaotic. Is it not? If you've got this, is bad for the brand. Yeah, but no, it's it's. Especially when it comes to information, it's different. 
so conformity to unconformity. As t- in our unit, the law of entropy suggests that as time passes, less and less energy becomes available because it is more dispersed. So higher entropy is more order. Yes, more order. Okay. Nah. Yes. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So it becomes more. So because that's supposed to say it lingers, it becomes like a single note at the end. Yeah. Which makes sense. Mm. Things often come down to a bit more order at the end of a song. It's very rare that they just end mid mosh pit, you know, <laughs> mid mosh pit. So I just lost a word there. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. It's very interesting. It I've never studied music that well. I've studied sound, mm-hmm. as you might imagine, yeah. but never music. Okay. So it's very interesting to, to learn about these things. It is indeed. Music is a weird one that can be used in really weird ways. Like, oh yes, it is. What's the the random thing we, we talked about years ago about helping babies recover, premature babies to recover better, to learn faster? Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember something about that very vaguely. They're playing music to babies who are born prematurely. Yeah, th- it's therapy, it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It was a type of therapy. Yeah, what is yeah, it? Yeah. Called? And also in um, like dementia patient patients and things like that, music is meant to be a very strong memory uh, inducer. Yes, as well as smell. Yeah, you've got very um, good for that as well. Things called memory cafes. My grandparents used to go to something called a memory cafe, and it was like they oh, wow. played music and played games from that time, and the music helped stimulate, and then the games generally are just really good for like staving off uh, Alzheimer's dementias to keep your brain active. Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. All right. Um, so I was going to go through the five senses, but I, I don't think I have time for that. I mean, I think just so, last room. you got 10 minutes. I reckon it's on. But it was how they work and everything as well. And uh, if you want to come on to synesthesia, which is very interesting, um, maybe I'll just go over a couple. Do it. Of them. So it. I want to start with... We've done a bit on taste already, didn't we? And touch. And we've done a bit on touch. And we've done a bit on sight. Uh, hearing, then. Which, surprisingly... Uh, I was speaking to someone about this the other day, and they didn't realise how the ear worked. Like, um, so obviously it's curled in the middle, right? The cochlea is... Yeah curled if you imagine like a snail shell that's it right and the higher frequencies stimulate hair towards the opening and lower frequencies are filtered toward the inner portion of the snail shell and that's where they are they stimulate different hairs mm-hmm. um, and they, they didn't know that so I thought it'd be out maybe other people don't know and I've just had a weird exposure to that having done biology and acoustics for quite a while uh Maybe it was unfair of me to assume they would have known. So, the outer ear, or the pinna, the oracle, is the visible portion of your ear. It collects sounds and kind of channels them into your ear canal, where sound is amplified. The sound waves then travel toward the flexible oval membrane at the end of the ear canal called your eardrum, or tympanic membrane, which vibrates. The vibrations then move into the middle ear mm-hmm. uh, and they set what are known as ossicles into motions. Now, the ossicles are actually tiny bones 
the smallest in the human body. Um, and there's one called the malleus, the incus, and the stapes. And they further amplify the sound even higher. Then we go to the inner ear and into the cochlea, which is a snail-shaped organ. The cochlea mm. is filled with a fluid that moves in response to the vibrations from what's called the oval window. As the fluid moves, 25,000 nerve endings are set into motion. These nerve endings transform the vibrations into electrical impulses that then travel along the eighth cranial nerve to the brain. And then obviously the brain interprets that. So in your ear, along in the, in the fluid-filled membrane, you have lots of hairs lining, very small hairs, and it's like a trio. And when they move, it kind of pulls on a nerve. And it's kind of like Morse code in that sense. When it's moved, it sends a signal, right? It's like, okay, you are hearing 25,000 hertz, mm -hmm. for example. Um, but for, if, for example, if you ever go to a club or somewhere noisy, a concert, and you come back the next day, your ears will be ringing. Potentially these hairs can get damaged and, you know, that leads to Tinnitus, let's go. Woo! Exactly. Get around exactly. For people that Maybe suffer with your, tinnitus. Your... Pure hell. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I do not envy you in that sense. But maybe in in this case, like your hairs inside your ear are, are damaged. Um and there isn't particularly a way to repair them. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm waiting for them to die. That is, that is what I've consigned myself to. Um, just, just waiting for those hairs to stop triggering. Yeah, essentially. That is, I, I, am I going to get old enough that my hearing is going to get bad and then the hopefully it's not neurological and it's actually caused by something in my ear? That'd be great. Right. Um, yeah. I was talking to my sister about this who uh, just finished her psychology PhD. Congrats. Absolute sick one. Go get it, girl. Snap fingers. Um, but she was, I was talking about it with her, and she was like, yeah, there's something called um, acceptance therapy. And I was like, that sounds awful. And she's like, yeah, it's for when you, like, nothing can fix it, and they just, like, teach you how to come to terms with, like, living with it. And I was like, brilliant. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, right, yeah, you're in a bad place, and you can't be fixed. So we're just going to teach you how you can get through your day. Like, oh, I'm sure that helps a lot of people, but it's just when someone turns around and says that to you, just like brilliant, absolutely fucking brilliant. Cheers, sis. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, the other sense then that I wanted to go over was smell. So our nose and our brain work together to make a sense of hundreds of molecules or chemicals that are floating in the air. Mm -hmm. And if we sniff more of these molecules. Uh, sometimes reach the roof of our nostrils and that's when it becomes easier to smell a smell. Okay. So the fact we have two two nostrils, also important, we can actually follow it like uh, a trail. So if it reaches our left nostril first, then we can be like, okay, it's coming from the left and we can follow it. But if you try uh. that when your nose is blocked, you have a very hard time trying to understand where the smell is coming from. Yeah. Um, inside your nostrils, you have lots of neurons, which talk to each other using electrical signals that we've kind of gone over earlier but they are olfactory neurons specifically and they have long cable like connections that send electrical messages to a spot at the front of the brain known as the olfactory bulb and what's quite interesting is this part of the brain is also 
as I said earlier, is tied with memory. So storing memories and provoking emotions is tied with smell quite a lot. So that's why if you ever smell something from your childhood, you just get hit by a massive wave of nostalgia. Oh, mate, tell me about it. Not to to interrupt. I went on holiday recently to Corfu, Greek island, small Greek island. Haven't been to Greek, small Greek island or Greece for like over a decade. Stepped off that plane and was just like, yeah, yeah, this is it. (laughs) If you could could bottle this up and sell it to me, I would buy it. Yeah, yeah. A warm Grecian evening just has a certain kick to it. Yeah, it really does. Like uh, Mediterranean islands tend mm-hmm. to have this kind of uh, very nice smell, distinctive. Yeah. Then it rained and I sat in a pool by myself just smelling the air. It was great. Great, great time. <laughs> like, you really needed that holiday, didn't you? Yeah, Grace has got a photo of me <laughs> like sat in our, it's like this small pool in our on the balcony in our room where I'm just sat in the rain. <laughs> in the pool i was like i'm just gonna put like um explicit language sticker on it and just make it into an album artwork <laughs> oh like, fantastic gonna write a really sad album to go with this artwork <laughs> do it i i'm here for that definitely um but the other thing about smell is obviously the particles of the thing you're smelling need to be in your nose yeah so whatever you're smelling mm-hmm. be it cake poo uh, whatever it is, then uh, just know that that thing is in your nose. So, so if you say that there was a cake, right, and you were yeah. and you were sniffing a lot, a lot of it, am I like taking on calories by sm- sniffing it enough? Like, because there's molecules no, going in my nose. It's just molecules, uh, but like enough like, though. Really, molecules at a time. Could you inhale a cake? Is the question you're asking me? Yeah. Like, do I need to be careful walking past the bakery if I'm trying to, like, diet? Well, I presume, right, and this is off the cuff here, if I were to boil a cake or set a cake on fire, right? Right, yeah. To try and evaporate it so you can inhale it. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest that, though. Um, Not, I, I imagine there's parts that don't evaporate, like salt doesn't evaporate. Yeah, I don't think sugar does either. Right, so... You wouldn't be able to inhale all of it anyway. Um, and then what you're left with, would it be toxic? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I, basically my point is, I don't think you'd be able to I- inhale all of it. Yeah. I was so going somewhere else with you, that, you, but I've lost safe. it. You're safe. You're, you're walk, safe. Walk, yeah, walk, yeah walk, don't walk inhale cakes. <laughs> 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 well, it's like they do that with alcohol, don't they? they got, you can... You air eyes. Burn it off a bit. Air eyes? No, you don't burn it off. Aerate? You you make it into an aerosol and you breathe it in. Oh. Yeah, completely stupid. And it's how you get, like, alcohol poisoning. But I can't remember how you do it. But you essentially, like, Uh, put water in. Yeah, I've done that. You put alcohol in a bottle and pressurize it. And then you breathe it in. Oh, I've not done that. Yeah. Okay. No, I've done the thing where you set it on fire, put a cup over the top to catch the fumes. You do the shot and then you suck out the... Oh, yeah. That's got a really inappropriate name that we're not going to say on the podcast. I can't remember the name, so that's, oh, that's good. Okay, I'll, that's I'll good. tell you afterwards. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, do you want to go on to synesthesia for a bit? Or do you want to nah, kick we, off next week's show we'll, with that? We'll kick off next week's show with that, even if we don't do senses, because we, we have 30 seconds left. We do indeed. 
Uh, so the plan for next week was to do maybe animal senses. Yeah. Because so, there are some freaky senses out yeah, there. Yeah, well, let's make you uh, terrified mantis of sharks. shrimp are always good to look at. Oh, sharks. We're going to perpetuate the hatred of sharks. Yeah. Um, I'll pull in some dolphin stuff, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. I like whales. What can I do? <laughs> what can I do about it? What can you do? It's not my fault. It's not. All right. Wicked. Well, uh... Have you got anything? I was going to ask you a random question as well, but I'll come back to that next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll come back to that next week. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to you want to speak about? No, I'll save it. Mention for the next time. Alrighty, that'll bring us to a wrap then. So, though, as Mitch said at the top of the show, don't forget to share this with your friends, family, whoever it is. Give us a like, give us a rating. It absolutely helps us out massively, and we would appreciate you for it very much. If you've enjoyed it and want to get more of our nonsense, you can head over to Twitter at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, Information, information Entropy Pod, and yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this right now, you've made it this far. Um, so yeah, cool stuff. I nearly said cool beans then and ruined all my street cred. <laughs> you said it. So I, I did. Oh, bye bye. Fell for that pit hole. <laughs> Right, well, we'll end it on that high. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So, I've been Tom Jenks. Who have you been, mate? Ah, uh, Mitchell. I've been me <laughs> this whole time. I'll catch you on the Made next one. Made it again. <laughs> we shall indeed. We have been, well, this has been the Information Entry Podcast, and I hope we've managed to decrease some of the information entropy of the information in your lives. And, uh, yeah. So we'll catch you on the flip. Indeed. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid.